Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, Call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. 
you know where the word assassin comes from? Don't bother looking up some special meaning. Because you ain't going to find it. I will tell you where we got the word assassin. We're going to talk about people voting against their own interests and why they do that today. We're going to talk about a potential impeachment today. We're going to talk about a fake prison camp for kids But first, Assassin. This is, I've decided to greatly condense this show. I had considered making this one, the history portion, one of my two-part epics. I call them epics, Chris. No one else really calls them that. But it, for me, they're epic. <laughs> I, all right, focus. And I decided, I spent the evening whittling down my information. Today... We're going to tackle something we've tackled before, but something that is always difficult to tackle in the way I prefer to talk about history. Because today, the central characters, or one of the two central characters, peoples of my story, are Muslims. And that gets very, very difficult for me the way I do history, not because of religious differences, because of the freaking names. The names are long and complicated and confusing to the Western mind. Islam itself, because it's not our native religion in the West, Islam itself is complicated. And as, as I was going through it, and I was going through all my information and things like that, it was it was blowing me away, and I had learned it. I was well, this sect and this sect. Well, you have to understand this Hisham broke away from this vizier, but this Sultan, this he did. To, it, honestly, I was going through my own notes and said to myself, "Oh, this is not going to work. This this is not going to work." So I'm going to break this down to the very high point, cool parts. But you should know. I not only skipped over more details than you can count because I believe they get confusing and it ruins the story. I skipped over other really, really, really cool parts to tell you this story today. As you know, also, this is not exactly news, but if you're a new listener, of which apparently we are gaining several every single day, I do not hesitate to offend people's religions. It's genuinely not intentional, but look, I, I'm a Christian. Producer Chris is obviously Jewish. I talk about Jews, Christians, Muslims, all of them, and I talk about it in as frank a manner as I can from a historical perspective. When I say offend religions, I don't mean I'm going to take a pot shot at your religion per se. But if I'm presenting the history of something Christians did here in this crusade or something like that, I'm going to talk about the good and the really bad things they did. Siege of Antioch, Christian crusaders rolled in and killed those Muslims and half the people in America are like, woohoo, but they also killed a lot of Jews there too. We don't really talk about that. 
So I'm going to present this, and I may screw something up. But don't expect an apology for it either. This is how it was. Now let's talk very, very briefly about the rise of Islam. This is going to play a part in our story today. But understand that Muslims, for those of you who aren't, I know we have Muslim listeners, for those of you who aren't, they acknowledge things like Adam, Moses, Jesus. These things are acknowledged in the Muslim religion. They just view Muhammad as being, the prophet Muhammad as being the next one after Jesus. You know, there was another one that came after Jesus, that kind of thing. And that's going to come into play in our story today. But after Muhammad, things went south, if you want to put it that way, quickly for the religion as a whole. You see, Muhammad's doing fine. Not going to go into all his life. We should do a show on Muhammad because that'll make us all kinds of friends. That, that's, Muhammad's doing fine. But Muhammad dies. Muhammad dies, and now we have a problem. Who is going to come after him? Who's going to succeed Muhammad? Should it be this son? Should we? Should it be? Well, forget about relatives. We don't need relatives. Should it be? Should it be the, the, the most holy of them? Who was it? And there, Islam, right after Muhammad, split. This is where you see the Sunni-Shiite conflicts that go on to this day. These are ancient conflicts that started right after Islam. And not only did they split, you know, Sunni and Shiite, those are the two major groups. You have to understand this, and this is going to be the last time I hammer you with all these names, so do the best you can not to let your eyes glaze over today. But this group split into that group, and then this group split four different ways into that group, and then this group became this sect. For instance, today we're going to be talking about Shiites. Not only Shiites, we're going to be talking about Ishmali Shiites. Not only are we going to be talking about Ishmali Shiites, we're going to be talking about the Nazari sect of the Ishmalis. You see what I'm talking about? You're already confused. Just know that's understandable. I got confused by my own notes. It's not native to you. It doesn't have to be, and you don't have to stress those details. Details oftentimes ruin the story. That's why I don't drown you in them. Now, okay, you have these splits. Now, let's go back to that. You have these various splits, and various people rise to power. There will be this dynasty and that dynasty. And let's pause for a moment on the concept of succession. What comes after the current leadership? If you ask an American citizen today, do you think the uh, do you think President Trump's son should succeed him after? No matter what, that's just hey, that's what we do. It's right from Trump one to Trump two. Hopefully he cranks out some Trumps of his own. We get Trump three, Trump four. Should it be his son take over? 
almost universally. Now, actually, I like Donald Trump's son, Donald Trump Jr. I've had him on my show. But setting that aside, pretending you didn't like him, pretending you didn't like any of them, whether you love him or hate him, should that be a rule? Should you pass that law to, to pass it down to the eldest son? And 99% of Americans probably would say, no, Mike, what? No. We're not a monarchy here. We don't do, we need the best man for the job. Enough of this heredity. No way. Right? That's what you would say. Shoot, I'll tell you, that's what I would say. Absolutely not. We're not just going to give it to somebody's son. Are you going to give it to Joe Biden's son then? That'd go well. All right, quit, Chris. But hang on a second. Hang on a second. Why do you think there have been so many succession disasters, bloodshed, wars, loss of life on a scale you can't comprehend over succession? Why do you think those conflicts have taken place throughout history? Hang on. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Don't you put enough chemicals in your body? Think about, just think about, sit for a moment and think about all the processed chemicals, the man-made chemicals, you and I, not separating myself from that, think about how many chemicals we use on a daily basis. Let me tell you something. Natural medicines and holistic healing approaches are known to help alleviate issues like anxiety, headaches, joint pain, and more. I choose CBD. But the problem with CBD is everybody's trying to do it and they're not doing the best quality of work. That's why doctors trusted CBD company. They've researched the entire industry and they found the best Highest quality CBD. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. That's DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get free shipping and 10% off. Donald Trump's son to take over after him. You don't want Joe Biden's son to take after him and then his son after him because you don't want this hereditary succession. That's what that's what those idiots do. Well, how's your election working out? No, no, don't get me wrong. You don't have to tell me about all the dangers of giving rule of a country, leadership of a country over to someone's son, over to, to the heir. I know, I get it. History is littered with bad examples of a dad having a bad son and he takes over. Not quite what his dad was and he sucks. I, I get that. But let's 
Let's you and I be honest with ourselves about ourselves as well. Let's not pretend our system is somehow superior to all these other systems. You know what uh, hereditary succession gives you? A hereditary succession gives you safety, knowledge, security. You know, you don't have to. There's no presidential election. There's no. There's no fraud, waste, abuse. There's no. Hopefully, we can convince these people of this. There's no lying campaign ads. There's no money raised. There's no nothing. Why? Because we already know who the guy's gonna be. Are you mad that so many Americans voted against their own economic and national interests? Is that something that bothers you? Okay, that's fair. We can talk about that. Guess who doesn't have to worry about that? The countries who just handed over to their son. Are you 100% sure your elections the people voting in your elections are the people who should be choosing the president of the United States of America. You can argue with the, get the government we deserve, and I would argue you're right. But we're going to talk about this later on in the show. People voting directly against their best interests. When's the last time you went to a fast food joint, ordered a burger without the ketchup? You want that guy choosing who the president of the United States is? So like I said, succession problems are not new. Succession problems get people killed. Now the Ishmalis, don't worry about the name. I know I already lost you with the names in the beginning. The Ishmalis, they end up getting run out of power. Now they were in a good position of power and they're doing fine and they get run out because... Man, there's this violent, violent people out there. They keep running them out, and they start learning about the value of violence. And soon, a man rises, and this is probably the only name, one of the only names you need to remember. His name was Hassan E. Sabah. Hassan E. Sabah. Don't worry about it if you can't remember. I understand the names are crazy for us. Hassan e Sabah, we're talking 12th and 13th centuries here. Hassan e Sabah is the definition of hardcore. He's all in on the Islam thing. You know that that guy you go to church on Sunday, but then you know the guy who goes to a small group two or three nights a week, and he goes to the Wednesday night service, and up they need volunteers on Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon, and he's there. That's Hassan E. Sabah. Hassan E. Sabah is in all the way. And he begins to gain a following. He's a wildly charismatic man. He's charismatic, and he's preaching two specific people and this worked back in the 12th and 13th 13th century and it still works today he's preaching to the poor against the rich he does not like the wealthy he's out there finding these desperate poor people 
and he's doing something that has been done since the beginning of time. You see that guy up there in that mansion? That should be your mansion. You're starving. Look at you. Look at you. You're starving to death. Look at your mom over there dying. That guy has all the food he wants, and he can't come give you any of his food. That's not, that's not what the prophet Muhammad would have wanted. That is not what Allah wanted. You, you deserve better. And in case you thought that was just run-of-the-mill recruitment, oh, oh, these guys turn way hardcore. Get this. At one point, as they're recruiting these guys, and they are recruiting, you would you would simply think of them as terrorists today. The Al-Qaeda, ISIS types, you would think of them as terrorists because of the Muslim connection, and that's not necessarily untrue, but you do need to realize that's, that's very true for how they recruited. The terrorists do the same things today. You're poor, you're destitute, come with us, we will give you a cause. We will give you a cause. That guy's the fault. That guy's the source of your problems. And we may, look, we may need you to die for him or to die while you kill him. But that guy's the source of your problems. And people will come running to that. And as they recruited guys, this is actually really cool. As they recruited guys, they would get them high off their rear ends on hash. Now, I obviously have a bit of a checkered past. Plenty of booze, weed in there, cocaine once. But I'm not a big drug guy, so I'm not aware of what it's like to be high on hash. I only know what I read as I was reading up for this and, and things. Look, I've had friends that have used it in the past. Again, I'm not pointing fingers if you're a hash guy. Hash apparently just creates this intense feeling of euphoria. Whatever it does to the brain, whatever chemicals it puts in there, it is that life is great feeling. One thing I read from a lot of these hash addicts or or former hash addicts, they miss it. Years later, clean, they still think about it. So get what this guy does. Get what these guys do as they recruit. They bring people in. Uh, this poor guy, village, starving, angry. It gets him high off his gourd on hashish. Then brings him to this beautiful garden. As he kind of comes out of his drugged out stupor. And they essentially have a stage set up, which the, he doesn't realize he's in. The man wakes up in this lush garden full of honey and milk and fine virgins. I'm not making that up. They packed a bunch of fine virgin women in there and honey and milk. And this young man who's never had anything and never had sweets like that and certainly has never got to hold hands with some woman who looks like that looks around and thinks, oh, my goodness. And they tell him. You're in heaven right now. This is what heaven looks like. Isn't it awesome? Then they take him out of there. And part of the recruitment process is, do you remember how wonderful that was? Do you remember the garden when you were high and the women and the the honey and everything? Remember she even smelled, remember her perfume? Remember how nice that was? If you die for our cause, you go back there permanently, Jack. You go back there and live. 
you think you'd have a hard time recruiting desperate, starving young men to go to a garden full of honey and hot women? Yeah, hang on. Never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. We have the great Selena Zito coming up third hour of the show. Election fraud. No election fraud. Trump should concede. Trump should stay and fight. This election is going to be overturned. You and I argue in our bubbles all day long. Remember, it's important we escape them when possible. That's what she does. That's why I love having her on. She does not go to Democrat meetings. She doesn't go to Republican meetings. She stays on the back roads of the Rust Belt and talks to normal people and finds out what they care about. And I'll tell you, oftentimes when we talk, I'm disappointed. I'm all, yeah, I bet the, I bet everybody's super mad about this stupid thing Democrats did. And she'll just flat tell me, as she has on the air before, no, no one really cares about that. No one's talking about it. it sucks sometimes. But we should always seek out the truth, right? All right, back. So we try to get through this part here. These new converts, especially the new converts, are willing to die. Now, let me clarify something about this particular sect. They think the Sunnis are evil. This is very much a Shiite sect. Okay? The Sunnis are evil. They hate them. They believe that the head of this particular sect is, frankly, above Muhammad, that he's above the Quran. That he's above everything. They believe this man's word is God. And let me tell you something. When I tell you a couple quick, cool little stories here, you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. But these people are, well, a bit of a pain. And it would be a a bit of a pain, right? Now, I want you to understand the level of commitment here. It wasn't all just a big con game. The man has a couple sons. One of his sons 
gets caught trying to take over for dad, he kills him. You're like, oh, okay, understandable. You got to kill the son who's trying to, you know, do the palace coup. The other son, he kills him too. You want to know why? He got caught drinking wine. Imagine your own child. Whatever rule they violated. Ah, you're dead now. Sorry. There's a level of commitment here. And when you have a level of people, when you have people, any group, that fanatically committed to something, even if society as a whole, we're all Muslim, and these guys are all, no, we're really Muslim, and you're not Muslim enough, they become a burden on people around them. You're not generally welcomed there, and these guys go around looking for a place to lay their head at night. What do they find? Well, they find these mountainous castles. You see, the Turks were the major, major power of the day. They were the huge, huge power of the day. And the Turks could never root this warlike tribe out of these mountainous castles. You can still see the ruins of some of these castles today, places like Alamut. And it is really, really cool. A-L-A-M-U-T, in case you're thinking about looking that up. They are really cool. They had these just natural formations they would build castles into. And this radical sect, they sometimes, oftentimes, wormed their way into these castles. They they were uh, obsessed with spying, and they would take them over. And all of a sudden, before you know it, I'm fast-forwarding through some really cool things. What we have is this. We have this fanatical band of dudes willing to die, willing to kill, willing to spy everywhere, and they're not this huge army at all. They're surrounded by bigger dynasties and bigger armies and more powerful people. But here's two things they do have. One, you have virtually impregnable mountainous castles, and two, your men want to die. Your men are dying for you to tell them to die. Hard for you and I to relate. Now, here's some of the things they would do. First of all, like I said, spying, they would spend extended periods of time getting their foot soldiers, for lack of a better way to put it, in next door or in the in the service of some sultan they wanted to kill or some vizier they wanted to kill they wouldn't just try to march in and you know this is there are no high powered rifles to th- these days you want to assassinate somebody you got to do it up close and personal well all of a sudden we've got this look we've got this new dude who sweeps the floors in the palace man he's a good worker and look how well he gets along with everyone how long's he been here oh a couple years oh that's nice that's nice oh wow he's knifing me what happened they would do this all the time and what they did was they would kill not just regular people although they would do that they would fairly routinely kill the leaders of cities. Kill the leaders of dynasties. They wanted everybody to feel like all I have to do is give my guys your name and you're dead. There's real power in a tiny minority that has the ability to cut the head off the snake at any moment. 
Do you think I'm going to apply that to anything going on today here in just a minute? And they would now this this part is so cool. On I I will admit, these guys were clearly terrorists and assassins and probably not the best people in the world. Still one of the coolest groups I can think of. They would take, for instance, let's say you have this Sultan. And they did this. They would take a note. And the Sultan would wake up one morning and the note would be on his pillow. The note would obviously have their demands, whatever their demands were. You have to get out of this city. You have to give us this. You have to give us that. And there would be a knife through the note into the pillow that's right beside the pillow his head was on all night long. What's that feeling like? Here you are in your palace surrounded by bodyguards. I am the all-powerful Sultan. Are you wetting your drawers at that moment? You bet you are. Wait a minute. Are you telling me somebody snuck through here? I Think of this. I've, I've known people that have gone through this in, in modern day. The thought that somebody that you didn't invite in was in your home, that alone is creepy. They don't, they don't have to be knives and threatening notes. I've had this happen to friends that they'll find footprints inside their home. There was a door broken in, a window open, maybe a little thing missing. And, you know, what is it? It's probably some delinquent neighborhood teenager breaking and grabbing something. I've known people who've moved out of their homes afterwards. You can't be settled anymore. What if he's, what if he's still here? What if he comes back? What if he, there's that somebody was in my bedroom looking at me when I sleep? That's creepy. Okay, now he's sticking a knife in and telling me the next knife goes through my forehead as I sleep. Now I'm really creeped out. But it was much more than just pillows and and knives. They were killing people, and they were killing people routinely. There's a story about a vizier walking down a road. And they would simply approach him in disguise as just, oh, look at this petition. Would you mind reading this? They hand him something to read. He grabs it, starts reading it. They knife him. Now get this. This vizier, the story I'm telling you right now, they knife him, but the vizier is surrounded by bodyguards. Again, these guys are always killing. Not not just tiny little normal people. They're killing leaders surrounded by bodyguards. So he's immediately grabbed. The assassin's immediately grabbed. And remember this. This is the ancient world. Europe, Middle East, no matter where you go, if you are arrested and the authorities want information from you, it's not going to be a pleasant experience. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. Car shield. Car shield. Car shield. I am feeling extra excited about my car shield auto protection plan today because I just got a good report back from the mechanic where I took my truck. And you know, you want to know where I took my truck? Wherever I wanted. 
You see, with CarShield, it's not just that they offer you a wide range of auto protection plans. They give you choices. You can choose from this. You can choose from that. I love that. It's not just that. It's that they give you the choice of where to take your vehicle. So often when you use these auto protection plan companies, they'll only work with, well, we'll only do with this dealership or or only this dealership here. Make sure you drive here. It doesn't matter if it's convenient for you, not CarShield. CarShield, you pick the mechanic. Go to CarShield.com. That's CarShield.com. Use the code JESSE. That actually saves you 10%. A deductible may apply. Jesse Kelly, on air and online at jessekellyshow.com. You want to talk about kind of cool assassin stuff? Remember the vizier hands him the note, knifes him? They drag the guy in and they begin torturing him. We're talking medieval times torturing him. Under torture, he gives up the name of 12 men who helped him commit that assassination. They're all promptly brought in and executed. They found out after all 12 of them were not only innocent, they were men the assassin wanted to kill also. (laughs) Right? Right? I'm going to get to some political talk here in just a few. Remember, we got Selena Zito coming up. We got prison camp stories, a Russian prison camp for kids coming up. But just know the rest of your day is going to be made with the knowledge that an assassin gave up 12 names under torture and they were the 12 other people he wanted to die. That's something out of the movies, man. They're still doing the knife in the pillow thing, and they're having this huge conflict with the Sultan. The Sultan runs a much more powerful empire than theirs. The Sultan is, and I don't want to act like this is all only going one way. These powerful empires are routinely rounding up whole groups of these guys and slaughtering them. The assassins are killing leaders, trying to kill the sultan. The sultan himself wakes up with the pillow knife thing, freaks out, and gets a hold of Hassan and says, okay, let's, it's time for us to have a meeting. And I'm going to wrap this up here in a minute, but it's time for us to have a meeting. Okay, Hassan agrees. Straight out of the movies. Sultan shows up in this courtyard. You know, there's the courtyard, and you have these high-rises overlook. You can picture the courtyard, right? Some you know, Middle Eastern palace courtyard. And the sultan has all his armed guards on his side. Hassan shows up with all his, I guess you'd call them fanatics, assassins on his side. And the sultan simply tells him, look, okay, good for you. I'm, gl- I'm glad you, you have taken a couple shots. Here's the deal. You need to go ahead and submit to me. You need to make sure, however we come out of this, you work for me. Hassam, at this moment, turns to one of his guys and nods his head. The guy pulls out a dagger 
and slices his own throat and sprays the blood all over the sultan as he dies. Hassam then looks at one of his guys who's over 100 feet up, nods his head again. The guy, without hesitation, dives off and dies in front of him. Hassam then turns to the sultan and says, I have 60,000 of guys like this. Sultan gives him a bunch of gold and lets him go. They continue to kill. They killed a caliph getting out of a bath because they had gotten their spies in so they could be his bath attendants. They stabbed one of the kings of Jerusalem in the street and get this for the all-time bad luck. And they had stabbed crusaders and stuff too. Originally, the crusaders were all, we could work with these people. And then they're like, oh, wow, that's no, that's not, that's not good. The king of Jerusalem gets knifed in the streets by these guys, but miracle from God, the guy lives, but they have to get him some medical attention. Well, the two assassins had taken off and they had taken refuge in a church. They were hiding in a church. They're hauling the king away and they haul him into the church to get the medical attention. On accident, the assassins look around and they're like, oh, he's still here and he's alive and they finish him off. (laughs) Like I said, very cool. All right, we're wrapping this thing up. But you should know this whole thing ends, and I should, I'm, I'll should i probably do an entire show on this at another time. I thought about doing it today, but I'm not going to. How cool is this? These mountain castle fanatical assassins, they end up going down, and you know who takes them down? The Mongols. <laughs> Monkey Khan, he's four after Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan dies, gives it to his son. Uh, I'm going to mess this up. Ogadai gives it to his son, Ogadai. He dies pretty quickly because he was an alcoholic. Then Ogadai gives it to, I'm going to screw up the name. I'll screw it up. Ogadai gives it to someone else, and he dies because he's an alcoholic pretty much right away. These guys really struggled with booze. And then they gave it, and then Monkey Khan takes over and decides he wants to finish off the Mongol conquests of the Muslim world of, of Southwestern Asia. And part of that is, what, there's these castles of assassins? Oh, that's not going to work for us. And the Mongols have to go root them out of the castles. And some some of the castles just get blown right out of the water. And some of them actually hold out for a little bit. But eventually, look, you can be as fanatical as you want. You ain't the Mongols. And you ain't going to be putting any knives in the pillows of the Mongols. They just would never. The Mongols came in, and the Mongols were more than willing to work with allies they viewed the history of what these guys had done and said, okay, well, we can't, we can't trust these people. That's not going to work. All right, hang on. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. 
Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. The history of leadership changing hands well I don't have another way to put this you and I have been very 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 spoiled successions have destroyed nations split empires split religions permanently think about that all of Islam split almost from its inception because of a succession crisis what we're going through right now is aggravating awful not good for the country I admit all these things these are all true but you and I shouldn't get caught up in this oh we're the only ones who have ever gone through this no we as Americans are finding out how the other half lived hang on Jesse Kelly returns next. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, Ryan. You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum sunflower seeds. I I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Chew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.